Hey everybody, welcome to Spin is a Four-Letter Word, the Maroon PR podcast, all things PR and communications, and this is an emergency pod. An emergency pod. And to clarify, it's not really an emergency, it's just a hot-button issue we want to talk about. Joining me, this is John Maroon. Today is Matt Williams. Hey, Matt. Good to see you, John. Jen Renahan. Hello, Jennifer. Hello, John. And our silent but deadly producer, Brittany Everett. (laughs) So, what's been in the news quite a bit lately has been media access, especially when it comes to sports figures and in the sports universe. Um, The recent developments with uh, Naomi Osaka um, and having some mental health challenges and that kind of translating into her not wanting to participate in media press conferences and media availability has spurred a much larger debate about about this issue. And let's be clear, for those of us that have been doing this forever, this is not a new conversation. (laughs) This has been a conversation going on in the sports universe for a very, very long time. Is there too much access? Is there too little access? When do they have access? Who gets access? Blah, 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 blah. But now, because of during COVID, most locker rooms were shut for a long time, there's a groundswell to keep it that way. And there's some anxious journalists out there um, and some not so anxious journalists out there. And there's <laughs> debates on both sides. So I have my opinions, but to kick it off, uh, Matt, chime in a little bit. You've been doing this a long time, just like me. I mean, what's your knee jerk? Uh, well, you know, like you said, Johnny, it's, a, it's been going on a long time. This issue has been going on a long time. I think my knee jerk is that this, there are so many levels to this issue um, you know, look, I, 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 none of us can knows what's going on with Naomi Osaka, so it's hard to weigh in on that. From a, you know, you have to give her the benefit of the doubt there, no, no doubt. Um, that said, you know, I, I think there are a number of athletes who, over the years, have sat in their locker and answered the same question over and over and over again and who would love to have been able to sit up at a podium and field six or eight questions and then leave, you know? And I think that, so they're looking at this like, well, is this really that, that difficult? Um, you know, I, I, my, I, in looking at this issue, one of the things that kind of popped up in my head is, um, you know, if the, if the, the media availability is controlled and organized enough, um, then you know I, I think that we could avoid a lot of the problems that that people talk about. You know the the screaming and yelling over each other and and uh, chaotic press conference. Really, I don't know if Naomi Osaka's press conferences are that chaotic. <laughs> Certainly, we've seen a lot worse. Um, it doesn't it's seem that again bad. Be that chaotic. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it you know it. I guess I feel like there have been people that have been paying their dues for years and years and years doing every interview, especially in women's tennis, frankly, who have laid the groundwork, you know, the Billie Jean Kings of the world who sat there and were begging people to ask them questions. And now mm-hmm. they've delivered a product that is paying these people handsomely. That's great. Now, again, I'm not saying anything about Naomi Osaka's, Osaka's um, mental uh, situation. I just, you know, that's at first blush what comes across. Jen? I think um, in looking at the landscape you know it has changed in today's world is so fast-paced and everyone's moving so quickly and i think that translates down into the pr profession of are is there time being spent with proper media training talking to young athletes about the expectations and maybe this is happening but it seems like everything is so 
moving so fast these days and some of the um, techniques from public relations that may have been a little bit, you had time to sit down, you had time to talk to people, you had, you had more face-to-face conversations, more education. I think in outside of sports, I think that is everywhere um, today is how much education is happening um, how much one-on-one time has did Naomi have with her with a PR person or is it just her agent um, what are the expectations set I think there's just a lot that goes into it that people don't see on the outside You'd sit, someone sits down nine times out of ten there's a lot of prep work that should be going on in the back and I think that happened a lot back in the day um, and I don't know that, that that's really happening now and I think it's just an in- interesting conversation to have um, in terms of I think education and relationship building with, with journalists and relationship building with the athletes and the PR people is super important, and I don't know that it's happening. Well, look, I think the fir- you bring up a good point. I think the first thing, and this is a whole separate discussion, mm-hmm. is public relations being at the big boy table, mm-hmm. at the grown-up table. And some organizations treat it like that from the jump. Baltimore Ravens come to mind. Kevin Byrne, now Chad Steele, always been in highest of level meetings. Not every organization looks at it that way. Not every organization values media relations until the shit hits the fan and then they want to bitch at somebody about mm-hmm. why the story didn't come out well. That's a whole other organization, uh, conversation. <laughs> I did have a conversation um, with a very well-respected local um, sports journalist uh, today just to get his take on this. And, um, you know, look, he, he said there's a few things that I don't think everybody's thinking of. One is... When journalists write something that could be considered inflammatory or a little against the grain or rub an athlete the wrong way, under this system, they do not have to be in the locker room and face the music. They can hide. You know, the great columnist Ken Rosenthal, who worked for years at the Suns, now with Fox Sports, you know, Kenny, he, he would write a lot of inflammatory columns. That was his <laughs> M.O. And he, whether he was working the next day or not, he would be in that locker room in case whoever was a subject of his wrath had a word for him, he was going to take it and he was going to be there. He was never going to hide. That's no longer the case. A lot of newsrooms um, that are shrinking that we talk about a lot on this podcast or are budgetary restraints like this. It, they don't have to. They no longer need to send journalists on the road to cover the team. They have less expenses and overhead because everything's going to be provided via Zoom. Mm-hmm. The ones really hurt by this are the really good journalists. I've been doing this a long time. That have built solid reputations. Are going to get that little inside nugget when the rest of the group is not around, and that's the killer. Um, the last thing I want to say, and then I want to bring you guys back into this, is. It's interesting. I was looking at the Professional Football Writers Association came out with a few statements recently. Football um, is keeping the locker rooms closed at least through the preseason. It's still in discussions. They were talking about the Osaka thing, basically saying that it's an argument that locker rooms need to be opened up because everything can't be solved in a press conference setting. Every good journalists are being hamstrung by that, and fans are getting less uh, interesting stories because of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but the one line in the statement that gave me pause was they also said that the athletes need and deserve journalism to tell their story. Now with social media, they don't. You know, Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, athletes can reach their fans with any message anytime they want. And even with Athletes Tribune, um, mm-hmm. there's a million different venues now for them to do that. So I think that's hurting the journalist's cause to some extent. Yeah, I would just add that... Um 
I, you know, there's so many pressures on athletes today because, you know, when you bring in social media and digital and, and how they're expected, right? The athletes are always expected to have a public face and because they're performing a public activity and that you have fans and, and generate, that's how you generate interest. Um, to your point, John, now they have their own social platforms that they have to think about in every step of what they're doing and who's watching and, and yada, yada. Um, but I think it kind of goes, again, goes back to the personal look at the person and setting expectations with that person and how they want to handle deal with the media. How do you want to build relationships with the media? Let's see, you're not a public facing person. You have some issues that you deal with day to day. And when it comes to the public, well, let's figure out two or three journalists that you're going to build great relationships. With. There's just a lot of that, that personal relationship that I don't, again, I don't know that that's happening and, and it, it could be very effective. We do feel like, it does feel like we're in a, um, well, kind of a watershed moment time mm -hmm. here where, you know, we've talked about this a lot, where there are a number of athletes who have, have always faced the reporters after mm -hmm. every game. They've, they've answered every question multiple times and they have developed this reputation, this solid reputation. And they have lived on that reputation, mm -hmm. and they've created uh, a reputation for themselves that they can actually market down the road, and people like them because they are go-to stand-up people. And we can count a n number of, of athletes that have done that. It's going to be really interesting to see how what the athletes of today mm -hmm. look like 10 years from now with regard to their, their, their reputation and, and how they have – uh, interacted with the public if they're just inter interacting with the public from a for, on a tweet and right. on you know that kind of thing what's it going to look like is it are they still going to have the same gravity to them that the Cal Ripkins of the world uh, do now you know and 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 it's just it's really going to be an interesting thing to see how it all pans out. Well, look, this this veteran reporter that I spoke to, he also brought up that he spoke to a, a veteran baseball player mm -hmm. and the veteran baseball players didn't like it he said i like having you guys in the locker room i we build relationships that benefit us just as much as they benefit you at times mm -hmm. and he said frankly i think the young guys need to see this is how you deal with people this is how you're grown up you look them in the eye you deal with them you answer your questions you face the music when you give up a jack and they lose the game so it's really interesting there's a lot of different perspectives i worry a little bit about our industry um and what People view our role as, um, you know, there's, there's a layer when you have to step in and end things and mm -hmm. be mindful of your client or your athlete or your friend or whoever, the person, <laughs> however you, you look at that individual. But there's a time when we become, cross that line, become obstructionists. Um, and that's been going on for a long time, too. There's PR pros that aren't pros, and they, they their goal is to... Um, help the athlete get out of things. That is not our job. Our job is not to help athletes get out of things. It's <laughs> to help them manage things. Mm -hmm. um, Lexi Thompson blew the uh, um, the Women's U.S. Open um, two weeks ago, and I was rooting for Lexi hard. I watched the LPGA a lot, and I felt horrible for her. And she did some great things afterwards. She signed autographs for hours, and she was there. She went into the interview room. And she answered just two questions, and her agent cut it off. Now, that's how she was uh, described as her agent. Um, if you're going to do that, probably don't bring her in at all because I don't mm -hmm. think it was a good look for Lexi. It, it, I know it's painful. She probably has shed a few tears if she answers a couple more questions. She was very fragile. Um, but 
that needs to happen. Mm-hmm. And you see, there's a fine line between giving the media what they need and what they want and making sure that your person is positioned as a professional and, quote, protecting them. And you can do both, mm-hmm. but you have to have a discussion first. You have to take it seriously. You have to be prepared. You can't just run in there rough shot and say, you got two minutes. And um, I worry sometimes agents feel that they're PR. Everyone thinks they're a friggin' PR person, <laughs> except, you know, they're not. And so I think I don't like that there is a little less um, uh, seriousness mm-hmm. about our profession until it's too late. And it should be even more serious today because there's so many layers to media today. It's even more important than ever. Yeah, I mean, you know, you hit on something, John, that I think it's just not done enough. And that and that is preparation for these folks. And, you know, know, we've all we've you've probably been there, too, where you, you know, right after a game, the manager or the coach is going to to meet with with the media right afterwards. And, you know, that they're going to they're going to kill him for something. And you've got to prep him. You've got five minutes to prep the guy, but you do it, and and you know, hopefully with the athletes, you've prepped them long before this, at least in their in their ways they're dealing with it, with mm-hmm. the media. But with regard to special certain questions and being prepared for it, you know, they, uh, you know, the PR person is incumbent on them to make sure that their client or their or their athlete is prepped as much as possible. And some of it's going to be last minute, as much as possible, so that. They can face the music, but have the, the the confidence at least to do that. For sure. And listen, there's it's heat of the moment stuff too. So as a PR pro, you got emotional people, and I have my own share of stories. Um, I'm sure you do too, Matt. But there's a, there's a emotional people coming off the the playing field, mm-hmm. very disappointed at times, and you have to go and explain to them why it's really incumbent on them and been their best interest to stand up and you know, answer, answer the tough questions. You know, sometimes you get the athlete or the coach who's, who doesn't want to hear it, who's going to fight you tooth and nail, just doesn't care, F them, whatever. So be it. But your job is to try as best you can uh, to make it happen. I know I bang the Ripken train a lot uh, on this podcast because we've been together for so long, but we talk about everything. Every time something arises, what do you think? How should we answer that? What's the best approach? Whatever we get asked about that. And it's just healthy and Really interesting conversations. Now, he's an anomaly. He's a really smart guy, and he gets it and all that. But I think there's a lot of guys like that, you know. Um, you know, Garrett Cole got caught off guard on a Zoom call last week about foreign substances on baseballs. It's it's hard in some ways to see that coming, but that's been talked about, and he's been kind of right. rumored about, mm-hmm. and he didn't have an answer, and he basically admitted that he cheats. So. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of ways in which it can happen. But again, I think it goes back to PR being treated with the respect it deserves and, you know, really being mandated. And the best organizations that you can point out have um, have PR at the grown up table. Mm -hmm. No doubt. And, you know. uh, And I know we've kind of gone down a rabbit hole here, but John, just backing up just a little bit, you know, with the with covid you know, they gave everybody um, a reason to keep players uh, distant from the media. It's really going to be interesting to see how these leagues now roll into the next phase. Now that we open up a little bit, are they going to use this as an excuse? Are they going to mm-hmm. say that we can do it better? 
or are they going to go back to the way it was? And you know the writers are going to fight for the way it was. Um, mm -hmm. And it's going to be really interesting to see if there's a um, if the leagues end up buckling a little bit to that, or if they find a convenient or or not even so much convenient, but a, a workaround that a works for everybody. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's ways to have conversations on a phone, and exactly. <laughs> even one-on-one on, one on Zoom. Right, you know, there right. are ways to facilitate yep. if it's not one. I saw some people bringing up the pool reporter sort of concept, mm -hmm. and I think that's somewhat interesting. But again, I think the people that get damaged in this are the ones that have built personal right. relationships and don't get that one-on-one -on -one time. I mean, it, yeah, they can probably get their number and shoot them a text later or give them a call or something yeah. like that. And maybe that's one way to do it. But I think your guys points valid there needs to be some sort of a happy medium that works for everybody and what's that going to take it's going to take more skilled and seasoned public relations people running point and building that trust i mean look the hardest thing in the world from is being a pr director for a team and why is that because you have factions that don't trust each other that need to trust you you have a front <laughs> office you have a coaching staff and you have players uh, athletes and they all, at one time or another, do not trust each other, but they all need to look at you and mm -hmm. know that you have their best interests at hand. It's a very challenging job. It needs to be taken seriously, and if nothing else, this is exposing that. And I, I'm hopeful. I don't want to see media access diminished to the point where it hurts coverage or hurts journalism. Um, there's an answer in there. Yeah. We're not solving it on our emergency <laughs> pod, but there's definitely an answer in there. Um, Gentlemen, any last thoughts? No, I just, it's going to be really interesting to see how this plays out. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's complicated. Grit, keep it down. <laughs> All right. Thanks again for listening. This was our emergency podcast. I'm doing the air quotes because it's not really an emergency, but it was really interesting discussion about media access, especially in the world of sports. And we'll see how things develop over the coming months. This is spin is a four-letter word. Talk to you soon. <laughs>